0: Hey, it's Susan. So listen, I haven't talked about this publicly before, but I think it's time because I think it might help some people. So today I am going to share the one thing that I was so afraid of that it actually kept me stuck for years. And so I want you to come listen, see if you can relate and maybe just talking it out will help you too. Welcome to the roadmap to 50k on Shopify. Each week we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So buckle up, welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Hey there, welcome back. So I'm going to share a little bit of my own story. This week, just in the hopes that it helps those of you that might be struggling with this too. This is, it's kind of painful and actually a little bit embarrassing, but I think it's so relevant and actually didn't even realize it was that relevant until just recently. A few weeks ago, we had a, a retreat for some of our members and uh, it was lovely. I got to meet them and understand more about their businesses. And more importantly, they got to meet each other, which was so good. And as part of what we did for this weekend is we put a little bag of treats together. And one of the things in the bag was um, some mugs that we had made with some of the things that I say on a regular basis on them. And I brought a few of these mugs home, and one in particular has been sitting at my right hand side here on my desk, looking at me for days. And this mug says, numbers don't lie on it. And the other day I was looking at it and thinking about my journey with numbers and how it's how it's made me feel, what it's kept me from doing in my business, and what it's also allowed me to do in my business, if that makes any sense. But I was looking at it, thinking about all of that, and then remembering one of our members, her name is Joanne, and she is a creative. And and she hates the data. She hates the numbers. But she's actually, you know, long story short, she likes them now. But I can remember her saying to me, listen, you have to be really careful about how you talk about this with creatives, thinking it was only a creative problem. That, um, you know, most creatives don't like. The numbers, they would do just about anything before they would look at their numbers. And you really have to, you know, be careful, show them how simple it can be and why it's important. And that got me thinking about how I used to be. And, and it made me remember how I used to feel about, about data in general, about anything that was number related, and, and it, uh, you know, affected my business. And to tell you how it used to be, I have to go back to my first business. To so my first business, I started it in 1990, I think 1990, I'm trying to remember. Yes, 1990. And that business grew really quickly, It grew to a million dollars worth of sales, actually by the second year. And my entire focus was on growing my sales. That was all I thought about, day and night. I mean, obviously we delivered the product, but every time I thought I wanted to work on my business, it was always about how do I grow my sales? And as a result of that, I saw very little value in the data, like very little value. It was always the last thing on my plate. So of course, you know how that goes. When it's the last thing, it never gets done. I would tell myself and others that there was no ROI on that work. So I couldn't really justify spending my time on that work because that wasn't going to bring any sales into the business. And when I talk about the data, I'm I'm talking about two things. The first thing I'm talking about is just understanding the numbers that are core to the function of my business. But the other thing was even the financial part, like even the, you know, getting regular my books done on a regular basis i was that person who like kept it all in envelopes and then dumped it on the accountant's desk at the end of the year and expected them to sort it all out and figure it out that was me for a long long time and so when i talk about dad i'm talking about just knowing my numbers of my business also knowing where i stand financially and in my mind and what i would say publicly is that you know that doesn't get me sales and i have to focus on sales But here's what was going on inside of my mind when I was saying I need to focus on sales. What I knew was I was good at getting sales, and when I worked on those activities, I felt good. But what I also knew inside was that numbers actually make my head hurt, that I wasn't good at numbers, that I didn't understand A lot of what financial um, professionals were telling me, like my accountant, or even once I had my husband try and do my books. And that was like just a battle every time because I, like, my back would go up as soon as someone would even ask me a question. And sometimes I would feel like, okay, the moment you're telling me this, I understand. And I'm sitting in the accountant's office and I understand what they're talking about. But it's like the moment I got in my car, and if I had to repeat it to anyone later, I would have lost all of that understanding by the time I got home. And and the story I told myself is that I'm just not good at numbers. Like numbers aren't, aren't good for me. You know, I failed 11th grade math. You remember that, right? You failed 11th grade math. You are not good at numbers. And when somebody talked to me about those things, I would. Some of you will remember this. Some of you are probably too young, but it would sound like the adults that talked in the Charlie Brown shows. Like it was just like wah wah wah, and I and I really, just my brain didn't take it in. It was really hard for me, and so there was that. I had this conversation in my head that well, I'm not really good at this, so. but I am really good at selling stuff. So I'm just gonna put this over here and go sell some more. That'll solve any problems that I have, just get more sales. And even worse, if I think about this even, even harder, I was actually a little bit worried that if I really knew what my numbers were, I might feel like I was failing. It's kind of like... Um, if you've eaten every piece of garbage in your house, you're really afraid to get on the scale because then you'll you'll see the consequences of your behavior. It was kind of like that. If I really did look at the numbers, I might actually feel like a failure. And so that was hard for me too. But anyway, I'm telling you this because what I've realized in the last little while is that I'm not the only one that struggled with this. There are a lot of people that struggle with this. It's like a fear of, of knowing our numbers and of like a just literally, it's like you think about it and you cringe. And, and the problem with that is that it keeps us stuck. And it really does keep us stuck because instead of knowing where we are, we run around making up all kinds of stories about what's working in our business. And the bottom line is really, and I know this now, but this went on for years with me, I have to tell you, the bottom line is that you can keep making this stuff up, or you can know for sure. You can know for sure what's going on in your business by tracking your data. And so that's why I have this mug, because it took me forever. I want you to know it, it probably took me 20 years to to really understand this, that, that the numbers really don't lie. When you know the numbers, you know what's real, and then that really changes at your perception of everything in your business. And so when I bought We Squeak, I committed to myself. You know, I I thought I went so long going in the dark and just winging it, and just always feeling like a bit of a imposture, and maybe feeling like I could be failing but not failing, and that cash didn't solve ever, all the problems that I had. You know, just going out and selling more, and I really committed to myself to figure out how I could use my data in a way. It was easy for me to understand, that that was the important thing, because I was the decision maker in my business. And so if I didn't find a way to make it easy for me to understand, we, we weren't going anywhere. Because what I wanted to do is look at this data and use it to make decisions. And so when I bought Squeak, that was when I said, hey, I'm just not doing this anymore. I don't like the way it makes me feel. I know it doesn't always get me the the best income because can I just share with you that you can sell a million dollars a year and still lose money if you don't pay attention to this. So there's one of the consequences of not knowing your numbers. And so I just decided that I was going to do it. And, and figure out a way that it would work for me. Because what I did know is, in listening to my accountant and trying to, to do it on that level didn't work for me. I had to find my own way to look at this data. And, and once I took the leap, really, for the first time in, in that 20 years that I had been in business, I felt like I was really in control of my results. It didn't happen overnight but I started to feel that way. And then I started to feel different about my abilities. Like I am still never going to be able to do algebra, mostly because I don't want to learn. But even though I can't do that, there are a lot of things that I can do, like put a dollar sign in front of things and I get really good at it. And I'm sure there are a lot of you the same way. And so what I realized when I started to track some of my data and really pay attention to the things I could control, that a lot of what was happening was um, not luck, that it was something that I could control. And as soon as I really embraced that, I realized that there was no looking back, that this is the way I was going to run my business going forward. And it was like this whole world of possibilities opened up for me. And I know that sounds like big and and maybe maybe bigger than you can think about it, but it was such a different way of thinking about my business that it took a lot of the, uh, well, first it took a lot of the stories away. Oh, that was really good. That really works for us. When you find out maybe that doesn't work as well as you thought it did, when you look at the data from that, Event that you ran. And so there was that. But the other thing that happened, which was the best thing ever, can I just tell you, was that it took all the emotion out of my business. Instead of, you know, beating myself up for something I missed or something that I thought I did that was dumb, uh, instead it was like, okay, so what happened here? What, what did we, what did we miss? Did we, did we not have enough traffic? Did we, did our conversion rate drop? did we have a really low email open rate? Did our average order value go down? Like what really happened? And what can we do to change that next time? What can we do to make it better? And so that stopped me from feeling like a loser and made me feel like I had the power to change it. And, and that was the possibility, I think, for me was that I realized that it's this is just like any other problem to solve now. It's not that I'm I stink at this. It's not all me. It's really not about me at all. It's about like this data will actually take me where I want to go. I just have to do the things that move the needle. And so I want to share with you that I'm not a data junkie, even though I'll tell you I'm really good at the numbers now. It didn't make me a data junkie. It really just meant that I started looking at the data that I can control. So I really just track the metrics that I know I can control. And I think that that's really important uh, for clarity. And sometimes I see people who are tracking all the things and that that's worrisome for me, because I think if you start tracking all of the things, then the net gain will be nothing because what's important about tracking this data is that you're going to use it to make good decisions from your business. And if you track it, you'll get clues. But if you track everything, the clues will be hidden in the mess of data that you're tracking. And so what I thought uh, would be helpful to to do today is just share with you again, what I track and why I track it, so that you can Maybe get started on your journey of kind of getting over yourself. We have a a mug for that too, (laughs) get over yourself, but really getting over your fear of the numbers so that you can take control and move forward. And so this is exactly what I teach in our Reliable Revenue uh, program. And what I'm going to start with, if you're not tracking anything right now, What I would recommend to you is you just set yourself up a spreadsheet and track what I call the key metrics. And these things are the three metrics that affect your sales. If you have a problem with your sales, it's one of these metrics that has dropped, has changed significantly. If your sales suddenly go down, I promise you it's going to be one of these metrics. If your sales suddenly go up, I promise you it's going to be one of these metrics And that's why I think they are are key and why I feel like this is such a good place to start. Do this, do it well, and it'll give you the confidence to do some other things. So here they are. They are so dead simple. So on your spreadsheet, I want you to track your traffic because everything starts with traffic. If you can't get eyeballs on your site, you have no chance of making a sale. So you have to track your traffic and you have to track these three things every week, I would say. So traffic is the first metric. And what I will tell you is when I look at anyone's data, my data, you know, a, a member's data, if I'm doing a strategy called their data, if they have a problem with sales, I would say eight times out of 10, it's traffic. So start there. The second thing is your conversion rate. So your conversion rate, of course, is the percentage of the visitors you have, the web visits you have that result in a sale. And so it's really about the people that you're sending to your site, the offer they get when they, they arrive there, and the experience they have on your website. It's about quality of all those three things. And so conversion rate is really important because you're spending time and money driving traffic and you'll find often that your conversion rate might drop and it could be something super simple like there's a problem with your site loading or all of a sudden your pop-ups popping up the instant people get there or it could be that you're sending people to a 404 page and you don't even know it So you need to watch your conversion rate every week. And if you see a significant change in your conversion rate, you need to figure out why. And if it's a change for the positive, you need to figure out why and do it again. Conversion rate is almost always the first thing is the quality of the traffic that you're going to send. Like, Where is that traffic coming from? The third thing, this is the low hanging fruit of the key metrics and it's your average order value. How much are people buying when they come? This is the easiest metric to control and it's the fastest way to get your sales up. If you don't want to invest in traffic and your conversion rate is decent, find a way to get people to put more in their cart and check out with more. Lots of ways you can do this. You can use an in-cart upsell, you can use a post-purchase upsell make sure you've got you might also like on your website you know showing those recommended products you could make an offer that they get a you know some sort of a discount if they buy a second product there are a lot of things you can do that's the low hanging fruit because that's where you get more sales without having to change anything you don't have to find more traffic or increase your conversion rate so Those are the three metrics that I would start with. If you are not paying attention to your numbers now, just start there. Set yourself up a little spreadsheet. Promise yourself that you're going to track those metrics every week and see what happens. Watch them and see if you can make some decisions about what you're going to do based on what you see in your results. Now, if you're going to go a step further, if you're already tracking those, I'm gonna recommend that you track a few other metrics too. And these are the metrics I track, and this is what I teach in Reliable Revenue. So the first thing you wanna track is returning visitors. And so this is the cohort of people who have visited your site more than once. And the reason we wanna track that is we know that returning visitors, so these are multi-session users, so they've visited twice, they might have visited 20 times. Those people are almost always twice as likely to make a purchase than brand new visitors. And so what I'd like to see is 30% of your traffic, your overall traffic, be traffic that is multi-session users. And that really helps you get your conversion rate up. So I want you to track returning visitors and the returning visitor conversion rate. Those are super important. And then the other thing I'm going to add in is that I want you to start paying attention to the number of new leads you get every week. So just count how many new leads you get every week. If you're using Clavio, just look at the number of profiles that you have. Say, look at it on every Monday, the number of profiles you have, and you'll get the net new number of new leads every week. And that's enough to track, like you don't have to make yourself crazy. But the reason that's important is that this is what I've seen time and time again, that the best conversion rate comes from people who come to your site from an email. And so if you can get people to come to your site from an email you're probably gonna get like a six or a seven or an 8% conversion rate on those people. So if you get a 100 people to your site from an email, you're really likely to get six or seven or eight sales from that. And so that's an important metric to track. Now, the other thing I look at over time, so those are metrics that you would wanna track every week, but there are a couple of other things that I look at over time. If you've got step two under your belt, which is that returning visitor piece, then you might want to think about step three. And step three for me is, how much is it costing me to acquire a new customer? And I keep it super simple. Like I know that I need new customers in my funnel all the time. I need new people because people might buy two or three or four times, but eventually they go away. And if I'm not replacing that, then I'm eventually my sales are going to go down. And so I just want to know what it's costing me to get a customer, and I want to compare that to my average order value. And so the super simple way, it's not scientific, but it's doable for me is I look at the cost of my marketing expense. So that could be the total of my Facebook ad spend, the total of my Google ad spend. And I divide that by the number of first-time buyers I have over that time period. And that'll tell me what it cost me to get that new customer. It's not scientific, but it gives me a starting point. You know, I get to think about, okay, so if it's costing me $17 to get a new customer, and my average order value is $38, I'm okay. My first job is to get them buy, to buy again. That's the most important thing. So I can really reduce the cost of customer acquisition. So I want you to think about it in that perspective. If my cost to gain a customer is $50 and my average order value is $300, that's good to know too. You know, it's still, it's not a bad cost, but my next job is to get them to buy again so that I know that it, that cost of acquiring that customer goes down. So that I think is very important to track when you have a good understanding of the, you know, the first couple of stages, which is the, The key metrics, then the returning visitors, and then the cost of acquiring a customer would be next. The last thing that I think is important to track, and again, we do this in reliable revenue, is what is a lead worth to me? What is a lead worth to me? So this could be a lead in my SMS, or it could be a lead in an email lead. And, you know, I think that anyone, any e-commerce store owner who has a a really solid focus on lead generation is set up for success. But what I know is that all leads aren't created equally. So you can have leads coming from your pop-up. You could have leads coming from a giveaway you did. You could have leads coming in from an event that you ran. Maybe you did a collaboration with someone. And all those leads are going to perform a little bit differently. And so we have this little calculator that we use in Reliable Revenue. And if you are, when you're listening to this, if you are signed up to join me for our prep class for Reliable Revenue, we're actually going to give you this calculator. But I have this little calculator set up for Sock Doggo, And here's what it tells me is that when I look at over time, the results of where leads came from. So if I look at my pop-up, which is save 15%, I know that over time, those leads are worth about $7.69 to me, over time. What I know is that we have this opt-in to apply to be a celebrity doggo. I know those leads are actually worth almost $20 to me. They're worth $19.99. And the other thing I know is that for the giveaways that I've done, if I look at all of those leads... They're worth about $4.83 to me. Over time, those sources of leads all pay me off differently. They're not all scalable in the same way. I mean, the most scalable one is the giveaway. And then the second most scalable one is the pop-up, right? And then the least scalable one is the celebrity doggo. There's not, you know, there's not hundreds of thousands of people that are going to sign up for that. But what I know is where to focus my attention, I can look at this and say, hey, okay, now I know where I need to focus my attention. And I want to just contrast this with what happens when we make things up. Because I had uh, two times this week in our group, members actually post that they were wondering if their giveaway was uh, really worth doing. If several of them have a giveaway as a pop-up, Or it could be a a monthly giveaway that goes out only to cold audiences just to attract people. And several of them were saying, well, I don't know if this is really worth it. And so we sent them back to do this little uh, lead calculator. And what was super interesting with both of them is in the calculator, it also tells you the conversion rate of these lists. And both of them had a 4% conversion rate on their giveaway list. Which isn't, you know, off the charts, but it's way better than what their average conversion rate is. And so that is a really big clue about where you can focus your attention and know that over the long term you're going to get results. And those are the things that if we aren't tracking and measuring, we actually, we actually make stuff up. We go with what we feel instead of what we know. And so, that's the same as my experience, like with WeSqueak and with Sock Doggo. when I look at my giveaways as a whole, it's about a 4% conversion rate. And at Sockdogo right now, I'm hovering around just around 1%. And so what I know is, well, if I can get 4% all day long, and it doesn't actually cost me very much to get a lead, why wouldn't I spend my attention on that? Because that's something I know, not what I'm thinking I should try. It's something that I know will work, and so spend my time on that. So those are the, the metrics that I look at. I track and measure, but I want to share with you that this all came over time. I didn't do them all at once, but that's kind of the order that I started tracking things in, and those are the things that I think you could focus on, and it would pay you well. The time you spend on that will have a great ROI, So I'm just going to do a quick review for you. So if you're just starting out, I want you to just track your key metrics, your traffic, your conversion rate, your average order value. Do that every Monday morning for the week previous and watch what happens. Watch your progress and think about things that you can do to actually change those metrics to bump, you know, move the needle, bump them up a little bit. Once you've got that under control, I want you to think about what it's actually costing you to acquire a customer. Now, it may be that you don't actually spend a lot of money on marketing and then you're, you're well ahead. But most of us have to spend some money on driving traffic to our site. So let's take that marketing expense. Let's see how many new customers we got over the same period of time. And let's just understand what it costs us to bring a new customer into our business it will make you feel like you've got some control. The other thing you wanna think about is a big focus on leads. And the best way to do that is to understand what a lead is worth to you. If you know every time you get a lead, it's worth five bucks to you, you're gonna focus on that instead of some other crazy idea you had or that you heard about. And so I think that's super important. That's further down the line, But if you're ready for that step, that's what you need to do for sure. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you about is your financials. And again, this was something I really hit for. I mean, I was the girl that, you know, came in with a big box full of uh, manila envelopes with the month written on the front of them and every receipt I could find dumped in there. I'm going to just share with you that even if you don't have the money to spend, If you're that kind of person that really hides from this stuff, I'm going to encourage you to find someone who can do your books for you. Even if it's only a 15 or 20 minute job, find someone who can do them for you that isn't your husband and, and that you can have a business relationship with. All you really need, I believe, is an income statement every month and you need to review it. Even if they just walk you through it, So you understand what that means. And over time, you're going to understand enough to make some decisions about what you really want included in your cost of goods, think are, you know, might be not quite right in your expenses, how you want this to look. Are you going to take a salary? Are you going to take dividends? All those things that kind of make your eyes glaze over, over time, just start with baby steps, but over time, you will get this. And what I want to share with you as I wrap this up is that if I had thought about this years ago, it would have just made me go hide in the corner. But now, knowing what I know now, when I think about all the stress I put myself through in my first business because I didn't take the time and I compare it to how I feel now, it's like night and day. So instead of feeling like something happened to me, so my sales were down because of the weather, or I don't know, some other thing, it's tax time, that was always a good one. Whatever it was something that I, you know, I would tell myself it was something that happened to me that was out of my control. I feel like at least now when something happens and my sales are less, I know exactly where to look. I know what to do about it, and that makes me feel better, makes me feel like I'm in control again. And by the same token, when something good happens, when I'm winning, instead of going like, phew, yay, (laughs) I got lucky there, I don't feel like that, I feel like I controlled the outcome. And that is so much better a feeling than that feeling of not knowing and hiding from it and waiting for the other shoe to drop. I, you know, that was just way too much torture. I wish I had, I wish I had woken up to this years ago, but I just want to leave you with this baby step to start tracking those key metrics every week. Let me know how you make out. I would love to hear how you feel when you start seeing your progress and you make it a habit. And then you can add one more metric and one more metric. So listen, thank you so much for listening to my long story. I hope it helped you a little bit. And uh, this is something that I feel quite passionate about. So don't hesitate. Head on over to our Roadmap to 50K group. Put a post in there and and tag me and I'm going to have a look. I'd love to hear what you think. See you soon. Hey, listen, if you like what we're working on here at the Roadmap to 50K, and it's helping you get clarity on your next steps, I think you really have to check out our Inner Circle. You know, it is just an amazing place to learn how to build your business the right way, and you get to do it with a wonderful group of store owners that support each other and will cheer you on. You know, in the Inner Circle, our only purpose is to help our members get results, and because of that, we actually have dedicated coaches that are fully trained and available to work one on one with you. And we offer that to our members at crazy affordable prices, because I know that sometimes you just need a little extra help to get past a roadblock so that you can move on and make progress again. So if this sounds good to you, I want you to head on over to the social forward slash inner dash circle and get on the wait list.